Happy first Sunday of 2019. It gets better or worse depending on your perspective. Happy 2019, a year of suddenlies, a year of utter restoration. That's what I heard the Lord speak to me a few weeks ago. Not seeking to get a word for the new year. That doesn't even rhyme. I was like, you could have done better than that. I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom when he told me that. I would have come up with something like, my teeth will be clean in 2019. It has to rhyme. I'm like, God, it has to rhyme. It's the rules. It's the rules. What are you doing? Utter restoration. Utter restoration, complete and total restoration. This year you will see the fulfillment of things that you have long awaited this year. Some of you have been waiting for years to see the manifestation of things that are going to come to pass. Many of you, like Simeon, who waited his whole life to see and hold the promise, you're going to hold God's fulfilled promise in your life in 2019. You were one of them that I saw when he told me that, when I wrote it down, Barbie. Some of us, though, have become very weary and worn out. Mark was talking about being jaded and... I know what that feels like. And if all but giving up on seeing the fulfillment of something that God has promised you, to the point that you've begun to question if he actually ever promised you in the first place. You remember then the, when God told Eve at the fall of man, he said, the serpent, I'm gonna curse the serpent. And he said, and I'm gonna put enmity or division or strife between the woman's offspring and the seed of the serpent. And he says, and your seed, Mary, is, or I'm sorry, your seed, Eve, is going to bruise the serpent's head. You remember, the, remember that? And so Eve does indeed become pregnant and has a son named Cain. And she becomes pregnant again. The Bible says she bore again. Some people think that means maybe they were twins. It doesn't say she conceived again, but whatever. She had a second son and named him Abel and thought, surely the Lord is going to bring to pass what he promised me between my two sons. Except that later in life, Cain would murder his, son, his brother Abel because of jealousy. And the Lord would mark Cain on his head and call him a vagabond. And he lived as a vagabond and a fugitive. And so Eve was in utter dismay and said, I know that the voice of God, not even through a prophet because there were none yet, not through a preacher because there were none yet, but the voice of our father told me that through my offspring, he was going to put something in me that was going to destroy the thing that messed me up in the first place. And yet now my one son is dead, my beloved son is dead, and my second son's a vagabond, and he runs for his life and lives in caves. But did the Lord promise? Can you imagine how long she waited? But she did have a third son, ultimately. Adam came, I don't want to belabor this point, but Adam came and finally she let him back in. You heard Kelly Varner preach this years ago, let him back in again and conceived a third son and named him Seth. And Seth's name means? Huh? One of the definitions of the name Seth is retribution. God brings retribution. God has remembered. Some of us get so jaded in church and hearing the promises and we don't see them happen that we begin to say, maybe God never promised it to us in the first place. Maybe the dream that he put in my heart is not the dream that he actually put there. It's too far-fetched or I'm beyond my years and I'll never see it. Am I talking to anybody but me? Because I have experienced this in my own life. 
you start, when you get a little bit older in life, you start to question if the dreams you had as a young person were, were really ever realistic in the first place. Some of us believe the lie that God has somehow forgotten about us. Or worse yet, we begin to question if he even gave us our dreams in the first place. To you who have heard the lie, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to speak on this for the next few minutes. If you believe the lie, and you've heard people say that couldn't have come from God, or you've heard voices in your head that said, it'll never happen, they may steal your coat, but don't let any man steal your dream. They may steal your coat, but let no man steal your dream. Twelve chapters in the book of Genesis deal with the life and death of Joseph, the son of Jacob, the third from Abraham. It would take us more time than I have today to read all of those, but I'll give you the abridged version. Joseph was the eleventh son of Jacob and the firstborn son to Rachel, the wife that Jacob loved. Jacob had ten sons other than Joseph, but those were with his wife Leah because Rachel had been unable to have a son. But because they tried and waited so long, and they finally were able to have a son together, Joseph was favored above his brothers. So favored, in fact, that one day his father gave him a coat of many colors. One translation calls it an ornate robe. The next thing that happens in Scripture when you read that Joseph received the coat is Joseph has a dream. Just like to say when the father cloaks you with differentness, which is okay, then you'll begin to dream. I'll come back to that in a minute. I just want to put that point out there. Also, when Joseph is given the coat, his brothers begin to hate him. In his dream, all of the brothers were gathering bunches of grain in the field. And suddenly Joseph's stack of grain rose up, and the other stacks of grain bowed to his stack. Then he had another dream where the sun and moon and stars also bowed to him. Filled with jealousy and rage, his own brothers conspired to kill Joseph. However, his oldest brother Reuben managed to talk the other brothers into taking his coat from him, instead throwing him into an empty well. While he was in that empty well, some men from a foreign country were passing through and the brothers decided, let's just sell our brother and we'll take his coat and dip it in blood, take his blood-stained coat back to Papa and tell him, wild animals must have caught him and killed him. This is all that we found that was left. Joseph, uh, Jacob wept bitterly over his son's supposed death. And Joseph was taken to Egypt, not just another country, but a foreign country, a country away from his people, a country away from his family. But God was with him. The Bible does not say specifically this, but there had to come a time in his life that Joseph began to curse his own dream. I know that you gave me this dream. I simply shared the dream with my brothers and because I shared the dream and because I proudly wore the coat that you gave me, now I'm living in slavery. 
estranged from my family, estranged from my father, which means I'm estranged from the blessing that I should have received as my right, as an heir of my father Jacob, who is the grandson of Abraham, the one you have a covenant with. You have a covenant with my grandfather, my great-grandfather and a covenant with my grandfather and a covenant with my father but now I'm removed from that promise I'm removed from it and it's all because you gave me this crazy dream and if I'd have kept it to myself I'd still be living at home with my family but alas here I found myself sold in Egypt as a slave by the very people that should have loved me the most after all the dream is what got him there in the first place but Joseph is so favored by God even without the coat that in slavery he's elevated to look over his owner's house as an equal he's raised up in Potiphar's house and says you look after the things of my house I won't treat you like a slave just I'm gonna treat you like a worker and make sure you're taken really good care of and so Joseph begins to work and he does well by his master and he begins to kind of get his his footing and not just being a, a, a slave that's beaten and commanded, but a slave that has some measure of honor until finally Joseph is so favored and the Bible says so good looking that Potiphar's wife begins to look at him in a different way. His master's wife looks at him and says, you know, Potiphar's always gone doing the work of, uh, of Pharaoh and I'm here alone and, you know, you're here alone and I'm in the prime of my life and you're becoming the prime of your life and... Uh, Nobody will ever know if, if we were to do this thing. And Joseph says, but woman, you must be out of your mind. This is my master. He's blessed me and God's given me some favor. I'm not living in a dungeon now. I'm living in this house and I'm able to eat freely. And, and, and for and at least a little bit, I have a measure of freedom. I'm not beaten with a, with a whip on my back every day. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to risk what this little bit that, that has, been, has been given to me. She says, no, I need you. I've got to have you. And, she, and finally she grabs his coat and Joseph runs away and she, it tears from him. And when Potiphar returns, she says, your servant Joseph forced himself upon me. And now Joseph that once was his father's favorite that wore a coat of many colors, a cloak that was given to him that represented the favor on his life, not only is that stolen and his family stolen and he's in slavery, but yet now he's raised up from slavery and given a place of favor in the house, now even that is taken from him and he's thrown down into a dungeon. And at some point in that dungeon, Joseph had to say, I knew it, I should not have believed again. That stupid dream that you gave me is what all this came from. If you hadn't given me the dream in the first place, I'd still be living at home, I wouldn't have been accused of rape, and I wouldn't have to deal with this stuff that seems to keep happening to me all because I had a dream. They took my coat, I wish they would have taken my dream too. As a matter of fact, I almost wish they had taken my life because I'm tired of this stupid stuff happening to me. Has anybody ever lived in a place that seems like just, forgive me for saying it, perpetually weird, stupid things happen? You just can't catch a break. If it hasn't happened to you, live long enough. Now in prison, Joseph is, and the warden of the jail recognizes the favor on Joseph's life and sets Joseph to become the person in charge of all the prisoners. 
as much as Joseph wants to say it must have always been just, just a fairy tale, every time he finds himself in dire straits, God elevates him in the place where he is. <laughs> I mean, he's in slavery, and yet God honors him in a house. And now he's in a dungeon, and the warden says, there's something different about that one. You get to be the leader of the prisoners. You're still a prisoner, but you're the best of all of them. You can look out for all of them. After Joseph had been in jail for some time, a cupbearer and a baker to Pharaoh had also been sent to prison. And one night, each of them had a dream. And they told their dream to Joseph. And you have to imagine what went through Joseph's heart. You're not going to believe what I, what I dreamed last night, Joseph. And they begin to share. And what happens, it jogs Joseph's memory of the dream that has him where he is. He knows what it's like to be a dreamer. He dare, he dare not talk about it or think about it because every time that he thinks about it, it reminds him of the thing that got him where he is. The thing that's going to bring him what he thinks is utter destruction and maybe live out his days in prison. But they say, I had a dream. And Joseph said, I can tell you what your dream means. What do you mean you can tell us? It's a gift or a curse depending on your perspective. You mean you can understand dreams? Yeah. So they told their dreams to Joseph and he told the cupbearer that he would soon be let out of jail. This is obviously the abridged version. And he says, would you do me a favor though? When you get to Pharaoh, tell him about me. Tell him about me. My God's forgotten about me. My family thinks that I'm dead. They've forgotten about me. Maybe Pharaoh can do something so I can live at least the last few of my days in some measure of freedom. Please tell him, don't forget about me. Don't do what everyone else has done in my life and forget that I've been good to you and that I've helped you. Please don't forget about me. Well, what's a cupbearer do? Completely utterly forgets about him until two years later, one day the Pharaoh sends for, jo for Joseph and Joseph is brought before Pharaoh and he says, I understand you can interpret dreams. And Joseph says, no, I can't interpret dreams, but the God of my fathers can. Which tells me even in prison, even in dungeon, in Potiphar's house, there's this dialogue between Joseph and the God of his fathers. He probably was mad at him at some point. He probably cursed him at some point and probably didn't want anything to do with him. And yet there's this dialogue. There's something about a relationship with the Heavenly Father that even when you're, when you're mad and you don't understand and you're confused and you want to condemn everybody and everything around you, you just can't help but talk to Him. Whether you're talking or yelling, there's some sort of a living dialogue and it's exactly what the Father wants. Look, when my children are upset and they come and talk to me, whether they're talking or they're, exper or they're expressing their frustration, I want to hear all of it. I don't just say, Jacob, if you're only telling me good stuff, I'll listen, but if anything else, get out of here with that. Or Jason, I don't want to hear that you got hurt. I don't want no, 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 it's a living, breathing dialogue that we're growing together and our love and affection for each other grows. And that's the way it is with our Heavenly Father. And Joseph obviously still keeps alive this living dialogue. No, I don't, I don't interpret dreams, but the God of my fathers does. So Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream and Joseph says, God's warning you. There are going to be seven years when nothing will grow and there'll be no food for anyone. Pharaoh, distraught over Joseph's interpretation, says, well, what can I do? 
Has God shown you what to do? I know there are going to be seven years of famine. Is there anything we can do? And Joseph says, he's already told you, told you what you need to do because before the seven years of famine, there will be seven years of plenty. So, so plenteous that there'll be extra food for everyone. So you need to save a little bit each year at harvest time. That way, when the seven lean years come, you have enough to get you through those bad years. This is so packed with stuff. You can preach all of it. And Pharaoh believed every single thing that Joseph told him, and so he decided to put Joseph in charge of all of the land of Egypt. He literally says to Joseph, do you know anybody that could help me to establish this? And he realizes, wait a minute, I'm talking to the guy that just interpreted my dreams since God. He said, tell you what, you are going to be equal to Pharaoh. The only thing that I have over you is I sit on the throne. Nothing in my kingdom will happen except that Joseph tells him. So people came from countries all around Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the whole world was in need of food when the famine came. And some of those people were Joseph's brothers who came one day. And when they came, Joseph recognized them immediately, but they did not know who he was. It had been over 10 years that they had, since they had seen him. When they came before Joseph, they all bowed down to him because he was a very important person. And Joseph must have sat there and said, wait a minute, I've seen this before. I remember this. You did give me that dream after all. I mean, it took me 13 years to get here. 13 years. 13 years. To go from my father's house and the embrace of my mother to losing my father, losing my mother, losing my brothers, losing respect, losing my love for my, the God of my fathers being raised up in Potiphar's house, losing that position, being thrown into prison, being raised up as the leader of all the prisoners, telling a dream, being forgotten about by a cupbearer. Now Pharaoh brings me out. He makes me the ruler. God gives me the interpretation of another dream. And because I help another person with their dream, now my dream comes fulfilled. This looks so familiar. After a few meetings with his brothers, he couldn't keep any longer who he was, and finally says to him, I'm Joseph, your brother. Is our father still alive? Yes, he's alive. But they couldn't answer him because they were terrified because this one they sold into slavery was now the ruler over all of them. So Joseph says, come here, I'm your brother, I'm the one you sold. Don't worry and don't be angry at yourselves for selling me because God has put me here so that I can save all of you. I had somebody reach out to me in the last few years and they, if I can just be frank, I've lived a life of people being jealous of the favor of God in my life. And it hurts and it's not fun and it's not something I wish for anybody. And they talked to me about it because they were going through it. And I said, look, here's the deal. I said, uh, yes, they're going to talk about you. And yes, they're going to be jealous. And yes, they'll probably make up stuff about you. And yes, they will sell you for 30 pieces of silver or whatever. I said, but wear the coat proudly. Because as you wear the coat proudly, they might take your coat. But if you don't lose your dream, your dream is going to rescue them in their time of need. Don't worry and don't be angry at yourselves for selling me because God has put me here to save people from starving. So his father and his brothers and his, all of their families came to live with Joseph in Egypt and they had all the food that they needed. 
the day that Joseph received his coat, he has his dream. And some of us have long awaited the manifestation of our dream. Some of us have become jaded in the waiting. Worse yet, some of us have begun to question if the dream ever even came from God in the first place. And worse even than that, some of us has, have cursed our dream and wish we had never had him in the first place. Who am I talking to in here? Who am I talking to in here? Was it your dream to get up and work 40, 50, or 60 hours a week and go home so tired you can't do anything else? To pay bills to, that you didn't know you were going to have? And I'm not suggesting work's a bad thing, it's a good thing. And, and go back and do the same routine again and again and again, losing all, all your creative forces and not you putting them to work and then, you know, presenting yourself on Sundays, going to a church and going back home, nothing changing, nothing around you changing and being so bored with life that you just can't wait until it's all over. I'm, I've been there. I don't like normal stuff. If anybody's around me long enough, I know there are a lot of visitors today, but, you know, I, I'm weird. Thank you. I'm weird. And uh, so normal life is, is weird for me, whatever normal life is. What is normal life? You know, in Tombstone, when uh, Tombstone's a really prophetic, wonderful movie. I don't know if it's prophetic, but it's a good movie. When Doc Holliday looks up to White, he says, there's no good life, there's just life, so get on living it. Some of us have allowed the people who we saw that, that saw the favor in our life lie to us and betray us and tell us God never gave it to us in the first place. Some people look through the lens of what they seem to be impossible and say, God couldn't have given you that. That didn't come from God. If you can't do it, it's not from God. And some of us have, have lived so long without the promise that we've believed the lie. To you I say, they can take your coat but let no man steal your dream. may not be able to dress it up and it may not look pretty and it may not be what you thought it was going to be but they can take your coat but let no man steal your dream I don't care right now if I'm talking to everybody if I'm talking to one person and dreams are born again in your life and you refuse to give up on it then I've done my job for today it only took one to fulfill the dream that the father had given him some 17 years earlier or 13 years earlier to save not just his brethren but all of Egypt all the countries of the world were saved because of the dream of one man that he was cursed for that he was imprisoned for that he was sold into slavery that he was betrayed for and they stole his coat but don't let any man steal your dream I know this is not a hermeneutical masterpiece but somebody in here is, has almost given up on what you believe the Lord told you you're supposed to do or supposed to be or supposed to have. And if I don't do anything else but to convince you, don't give up. He that has begun a good work in you, he's faithful to complete it. We think that God puts the seed, and if it doesn't happen, it's because we mess things up. Look, if God's going to put a seed in you, He that has begun a good work in you, He is faithful, and the completion of it is equal to His faithfulness, and He is faithful. In fact, one of His names is Faithful One. We've allowed circumstances to change our perspective and curse our gift. People may steal your coat, your covering, your image, and life may try to take from you the thing that has always identified the favor on your life. 
but let no man steal your dream. Listen to me, and I'm going to be finished in five minutes. 2019 will be a year of realized dreams. I'm not saying it because it sounds catchy to say the first Sunday. I'm saying it because if, if you hear the Spirit of the Lord and you know what He says, then you know He's speaking now. 2019 will be a year of realized dreams. 2019 will be a year where your pit becomes a palace, your brokenness becomes a blessing, and your dream becomes a reality. You walking into the fulfillment of your purpose will even cause your haters to, be, to become participators in your dream. Even your own family that turned on you because of your favor will be turned back to you and proclaim you the blessed of the Lord. That's specifically for you, Mark. Even your own family. When I say family, I mean family and I mean ministry family. Even your own family that turned on you because of the favor on your life and because you weren't wearing the same coat and thought the dream was stripped when the coat was stripped, they're going to turn back to you this year and proclaim that man is the blessed of the Lord. Those that cursed you will sing blessings about you and about your family because they can steal your coat. But let no man steal your dream. The Spirit of God is so heavy on me right now, I can hardly talk. I'm sorry. Where are all the dreamers? Where are all the dreamers? If you have the dream, then you have what it takes to make sure the dream's fulfilled. The fulfillment of the dream is equal to the faithfulness of the one that gave it in the first place. Doesn't matter how old you are or young. Doesn't matter if you're one or 101. It doesn't matter if you're beyond the age or not beyond. None of that stuff matters to God. In fact, He specializes in, in impossible circumstances. I want to read this one last time because it's very prophetic. It's 100% from the Spirit of God. And if you believe it, receive it, you'll walk in the fullness of it. 2019 will be a year of realized dreams. 2019 will be a year where your pit becomes a palace, your brokenness becomes a blessing, and your dream becomes reality. You walking into the fulfillment of your purpose will cause even your haters to become participators in your blessing. Even your own family that turned on you because of your favor will be turned back to you and proclaim, surely you are the blessed of the Lord. Stand up while I read this. Those that, are, those that have cursed you will begin to sing your blessings because they can steal your coat, but they cannot steal your dream. Realize dreams. We're standing in one of them. This is not the favor of the Lord. This building is not the favor of the Lord. This is a token. This is a sign of the favor of the Lord. The rainbow that God put in the sky when he destroyed the earth and water, that was not the promise. It was a token of the promise. And the promise was, I'm not going to destroy the earth like this. This building is not the promise. It's a token of the promise. It's just, a, it's just like it's an effect. It's a symptom of the reality that we are the favorite of the Lord. 
and things are going to begin to happen for you that Cameron shared with me last night, the blessing. I don't want to give your stuff away, but Cameron's like, man, we've been so blessed lately. God's just been, it's just been like weird stuff happening. Is that what you said, essentially? He said, it's just been weird stuff, like we've been able to bless others and stuff. I'm like, I love it, and it's going to happen to you in a, in a multiplied way. It's going to, ha- it's going to happen to you. Uh, I'm trying, I can see, I can see it, but I don't know how to put it in my words. Just look for an abundance of blessing because it's coming. It's going to come in such a heavy manner that you're going to have to find ways to distribute it because you're not going to be able to contain all that he brings. In this year, you'll begin to walk into fulfilled dreams. Even the ones that you question and the ones that you dare not whisper because the last time you told someone, they sold you out. You're going to walk into it this year. William, where are you at? William's been playing the whole time. Of course he's right here. He's been beside me the whole time. This is my right hand here. What Mark said was, I don't know if you've told him yet, he actually recorded a nine-minute soaking thing somebody paid for him when he was over in Kansas just this past week. And listen to it. He said, you know, sometimes you record things and you hear yourself and you don't like it. He said, I liked it. <laughs> he said, he told me sitting in there, he said, listen to it the whole way home. But William, not only that, um, not only that, but uh, I saw when Mark said that, that the Lord's going to open the nations to you, I literally saw you leading um, spontaneous worship in, ver- in various nations, but s- specifically um, Northern Europe, and I saw you in Africa. Um, so that's coming. It's coming really soon, and it's going to be going with me too. Other people maybe as well, but you're definitely going to be going with me. I preach better when you play. I don't know if I do or not, but you think you think I do. Yeah. I had a word a few years ago. We were in worship, and the Lord kept drawing my attention to William. And what I noticed was William was playing with his eyes closed, you know, like he does. And he was totally absorbed in the spirit, you know. And I, I went to him after because the Lord was saying... You know, he plays, he plays what I revealed to him to play. And I asked him, I said, you, you play what the Lord reveals to you to play? And he says, yeah, I play what I hear. I play what I hear. And I got this vision, um, a friend of mine and I, we had this, this dream of a wellness center one day. <laughs> one of our dreams. And, um, but I saw, yeah. No, no, I don't want the oh, mic, okay. I want your hand. Oh, okay. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. But uh, I had this vision of William. I told William years ago, I said, I want you to be a part of this because whenever you play, demons flee. And I saw him playing over this girl. I don't know who this girl is, but I saw him playing guitar over her. He was just playing and she was being delivered. There was deliverance happening. And that's what happens when William plays. It's like he's, he's been at our house a couple of times. We had people over and William was just playing and everybody was like, man, I just feel like I just fall asleep right here, like underneath the anointing of William playing. He carries that. He car- there is deliverance in what he releases. And then whenever he does put his lips to it, it's, it's even greater. It's like what, what I was saying over Jacob and Jacob, it's like there is an expansion once he adds his voice to that because he is a prophet and he does carry the power and the strength and the spirit of God within him. I should be speaking to you as I'm telling you this. I love you. I love you so much. I bless you. I can't wait to see everything that you do. William, how old were you when you started playing at the uh, 
at about 11. Was it 11 or 12? I got a word. This goes along with the message, but I got a word from Josh when I was younger, and I remember I was over. We we're at the old building, and I was standing over. Let me say this too. Yeah. And he was no good on guitar yet. <laughs> I, I know it's hard to believe. There was a time. And uh, and uh, I remember Josh walking over to me. And uh, he said, one day you're going to be better. And I'm not, I'm not there. But he said, you're going to be better on piano than you are on guitar. But I say that to say that I went through my life. And at, I've always thought about Jesus. But, I, but at times, definitely not walking with God. And the dream was still there. And uh, the word was still there so I'm just telling you that it it doesn't matter what you've done or even what you ever do the word of God that's spoken over your life is still there because his gifts and his callings are without repentance he doesn't take them back and uh, I think we're in the fulfillment of a, a dream but I say that word as an example and as a metaphor for what I, for what I see God doing, because just like Josh spoke the word over my life when I was younger, I see a fulfillment of it of it now. Even though, like Joseph's life, he went up and up and down, but the word that God spoke uh, uh, came to pass. When William was uh, eleven or twelve, he played guitar at the church, and I had some on the team like, "Why are you letting this kid play?" Um, for those of you that only know William for six or seven years, you do, it's probably even hard for you to imagine. He was this tall, he wore glasses, he had braces, and the guitar was bigger than him. I'm not kidding. If you went, if you've been here long enough, it was. And so one Sunday we're worshiping, and I'm on this side of the stage, and William's on that side of the stage, like he was behind the singers. It's a different group. I think maybe Becky might have been there then. I don't remember. If Robin probably was too. And uh, the Lord said, "Put your guitar down and go put your hands on his head." And so I did, and I prayed over him. He said. When you put your hands on his head, I'm going to open up his mind, and he's going to hear music from heaven that he's going to be able to play and manifest in the earth. Yeah, no, that's, it was it the same day? I didn't remember if it was the same day. Same service. And man, I mean, look, he's okay on guitar now. I mean, you know. Yeah. And, but you recorded, and you told me, you recorded in the studio this past week on piano, right? The soaking thing he played on piano that he just recorded in Kansas. Someone said, I've already paid for it. Go in and do it. And he sat there with this, uh, with the engineer and did it. And it was wonderful. A fulfillment. It's totally a fulfillment. But it's just the first part of it. Man, if he, if you can see. <laughs> here, just pass it around. No, just kidding. Tony, I should have, we, we should have, we should have uh, dropped, dropped this to Tony. So, who is that guy? Your hair looked really good there. <laughs> Cute little Willie. He was in children's church. <laughs> yeah. Don't step on that. There's a tag there. Oh, if this word is spoken to you today, it's not going to be activated by me putting my hands on you. It's not going to be activated by me praying a magical prayer over you. It's going to be activated the same way that words have always been activated is you say, 
be it done unto me according to your word. That's what activates this. Now, if you want me to pray with you, I happily will do that. And if you'd like for us to put our hands on you, pray with you, happily I'll do that. And, and I'm not suggesting that there's something wrong with that innately, but I'm telling you, the way that you activate the word of God is the same way that Mary activated the word of God when the angel said, you're going to carry inside of your womb the Savior. And she said, finally, the Bible says she, she pondered in her heart the way the King James says it. Um, it really remains she revolved again and again and, her, and again in her mind what these things were. But she simply said, okay, be it done unto me according to your word. And that activated the word of God. If you believe that something that's been spoken today is over your life, or if you've had a dream that you've carried and not seen, then say, say with me, Lord, be it done unto us according to your word. That activates it. Now begin to walk in agreement with it. So if your dream is you fill in your blank, begin to walk in agreement with it. If you have to make changes in your life for that to, to be able to walk in the fulfillment of that, then make those changes, whatever they are, because your, your amen will activate the word, but your agreement with it will accelerate the word. And 2019 is going to be a year of fulfilled dreams. I'm excited to see what all they're going to be. really am. I really am. Is everybody good? Does everybody love Jesus? Who loves Jesus the most in here? Barbie? It's always Barbie. But I don't know if it's actually you or just because you sit on the front, but I still think if she was in the back, she'd be the loudest. So this afternoon at 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock, is that right, here? Aftershock, Aftershock will be here tonight from 5 to 7 Listen, listen to me, teenagers. Um, if you're a teenager in this church, this, this is your church, you need to be there tonight. And they may or may not um, play sports, and they may or may not have steak and potatoes cooked for you, but you need to come and be a part be all right if everything's not recreation. I don't know what they're going to, I have no idea. I don't know what they're going to do tonight. I don't ask them. They don't report to me on a weekly basis of what they do or don't do. But I know like my own son was really, really jaded because there's not a basketball goal here you know, at the church. Not, not, not that anything happened bad and after I was like, oh man, it's great that we have a building, but now we don't have a basketball goal every Sunday. I'm like, well, it's not about basketball, Jay. You know, come and support, come and be a part. You want to get plugged in? You want to uh, give God room to do the things He wants to do in your life? Will be a part of what, what's being offered here. You know, if you're new here, Aftershock, what is it? Is it uh, seventh grade and up? Isn't that right? I should know. It's sixth grade. That is right. Middle school and high school. Yeah, middle school and high schoolers. And they meet right here from five to seven, and uh, they'll be well, well taken care of, and they'll learn about God, and they'll, um, they'll leave a better person for it. Um, Jeremy mentioned earlier, uh, we're in the process of getting ready to launch a young adult ministry that's going to be high school graduates up to 25. Um, we're going to say 18 to 25, but there are some people that graduate high school a little bit early. If you graduate high school, then you have to be 17. It's really okay. but high school graduates will be youngest up to 25. So you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks and hope to launch it um, at the end of this month or the first part of next month. So we'll, uh, we'll keep you informed about that. And we have some other things. Some, we had a little uh, a planning, minute, uh, planning meeting a little bit last week, just sort of an informal one, because we had a wedding that, I, that we did here. Actually, our first wedding we performed here <laughs> last week. And uh, we're going to have uh, some men's ministry things released and some women's ministry things released and uh, looking forward to developing some of our uh, home groups. And so it's a lot of good things happening in 2019. Love for you to be a part. Um, God bless you. We love you. We hope to get to see you again next week. Have a good afternoon.